I think anyone should <laughs> die, would be willing to dye their hair blonde to meet Harry Styles. Yeah, TV is not what it seems. It's very business-like. I think that's what surprised me. Hi, I'm Erin Velak, and I've made it my mission to interview the members of the University of Nottingham's student radio station, URN. Join me to uncover how our members got into student radio, what they're listening to in their free time, and their most iconic pieces of clothing that might make you recognise them as you're walking around campus. I want to know who they are when the mics aren't live, so let's find out. This is Off Air with URN. I am here with wonderful Anna. She's part of our alumni month special. Hello. Alumni? 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 Alumnus? Alumni. Oh no. Wait, no. Alumnus is singular. Maybe. I'll Google it and like insert myself saying it properly. Okay, good idea. Anyway, Anna graduated last year. We've had a couple graduations. I have had a couple graduations. I just can't leave Nottingham. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you left the our station last year yes yes and last year you were the head of daytime that is correct very important person very important most Um, important role in the station to be honest (laughs) i've heard you know i've heard um izzy hunter's told me that you know i want to start with life at uni first and then i want to talk about what you've been up to afterwards because you're still very involved in radio and that kind of stuff yes or at least media general um so how did you first join URN? Why did you join URN in the first place? So when I joined in first year, that was 2018, which is terrifying, five years ago, <laughs> um, I I made friends in halls quite quickly and we just became like one little group. So societies and sports, I'm not a very sporty person. It was never really on my mind. I felt like I'd sort of met my people. Um, I'd made friends on my course, um, on geography. Um, so I was pretty happy. And then COVID happened and you get to the end of second year and you're suddenly like, oh, this time next year, well, I've graduated, what am I gonna be doing? Panic, panic. And I'd always sort of joked to my family and friends that I wanted to be a weather girl. (laughs) <laughs> the dream job honestly the dream job. to go on strictly come dancing like that was my like oh was that in. you wanted to go yeah. on strictly so your way in yeah. was weather girl so i was like i want to be a weather girl like that was the dream um and i was doing geography so it's all sort of relevant yeah. and my mum just one day turned around and was like well why don't you actually like think about it seriously like it's not unrealistic like you could be a weather girl yeah someone has to be the weather girl. someone has to do it um so i quickly looked into the student radio and nstv and I felt more drawn towards URN because I'm a big fan of like BBC Breakfast on Radio One and all that sort of stuff. Um, so got back into my third and final year and sent off my demo to the lovely Holly Madden and she took me on. And so that's how I started in URN. So we started the same year then? Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. It's kind of weird because like I think being a third year and joining a society can be quite daunting because mm. you think like everyone's going to be a fresher and you're going to be the oldest one there and everyone's already really settled in their groups but like URN wasn't like that at all like I was immediately like welcomed in and made friends with everyone so easily it was lovely oh that's so good I do feel like with um there is that thought of societies of like oh you know if I don't join in my first year I can't join at all but then like having actually kind of been through it you realize that most people join their second year because mm-hmm. most people in their first year just have their like halls friends yeah, or whatever exactly i didn't because i had covid Aww. so it was a little bit different <laughs> so i needed radio to like it was my excuse to 
like every four weeks get out of my house when we could use the, yes we we rotated who could use the studio mm. out of the four of us with um, frico frenzy so we were one at a time it was Aww. very funny um so you did daytime in your first year were you by yourself i was by myself how so. was that did you want to be by yourself i i was when holly asked me i said i was open to having a co-host i think mm. on my form because it was all covid I hadn't met Holly in person or anything. And she put me on my own and I was like, oh my God, like she th- she thinks I can do it on my own. I'm so like, I'm honored. Um, so I turned up on my first day and Louis Griffin was mm. in the office and I just looked at him and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Please, can you help me set up? And he was so lovely. And yeah, and I just did my show. I had all my friends at home listening and oh. it was really nerve wracking, but like you just get into the swing of it. And I was just like, this is really cool. I'm obsessed. And then you fell in love with it. And then I fell in love with it. <laughs> and then at what point did you decide you know what this is a career choice this is what I want to do and then chose to do them because you went to we haven't said yet you went to Trent did a master's um in broadcast journalism if I'm not yes um so what was the like turning point where you went okay yeah sure this is what I'm doing now so I think it got to January February time Uh, I was doing my dissertation and I was thinking what am I going to do next I was like I'm loving radio like I don't want this to just be a hobby I'd like this to be a career and I knew a few people on URM were doing the masters in broadcast journalism so I looked into it and I thought that sounded really cool and I spoke to a careers advisor at uni of and he was sort of like you could do the masters but I would use it as a backup I would still apply for jobs because you don't necessarily need the masters if you want to go into radio or tv so I just did a bit of applying didn't Mm. get anywhere with any jobs because I don't think I had enough experienced really because I'd only been at URN what six months um so I thought if I do the masters in broadcast journalism I can apply to be on committee for URN for the following year I can just get a bit more experience under my belt and have a bit more understanding about how the world of radio works because I was still COVID times I was just coming to a studio every week and doing my show and going home again there wasn't much like interaction with other people and seeing what they were doing next and things like that so that's how I decided (laughs) and I really love Nottingham so I did want to stay another year yeah do you feel like you made the right choice? Definitely. I think with being like COVID times as well, I felt like I lost a year of uni and I needed that extra year to catch up. I wasn't ready to be employed in the real world. <laughs> um, and I learned so much. Like the master's was like, I don't want to say it, but I think I did enjoy it more than my undergrad at uni of. But I don't know. It was just... Um, it was just the best year. I had such a good group of people to work with and COVID restrictions being lifted. I could meet all the URM people as well and taking on head of daytime. Mm. It was just like, everything was sort of slotting into place everything and it just felt back. really, yeah. it felt really good. Oh, that's great. And it's nice to hear from, I don't know if I've said this, hopefully depending on what I get on my end of year exam results, because these exam results are going to be the decider of my final grade overall, which is stressing me out um what I end uni with but hopefully that all goes well and I will be doing it next year so it's fun to talk to like you and I've been talking a lot to Izzy Hunter about like what the course is like what they like she's done with it was it worth it and my mum as soon as I came to uni said to me do a master's degree because you've lost that year of uni if you don't you'll probably kick yourself because you'll wish you've done like stayed a bit longer um so I've always been like, hey, do a master's. I hate my degree right now. I don't hate it. I'm really <laughs> trying to do to this like point. positive mindset of like, I don't hate it. Um, but now, I mean, you mentioned you did geography for your undergrad. 
now that you've gone into something completely different, do you wish you had changed? Like if you could go back in time to your like 18 year old self, would you tell them to apply to a different course? Or do you think it was like the sort of journey you needed, I guess? I think it was the journey I needed. I knew I wanted to go to uni of Nottingham and I wasn't sure at the end of sixth form what I wanted to do. And I knew I liked geography A level. So I was just like, I'm just gonna pick a subject that I know I like. Geography at uni is very different to geography A level, as I quickly realized. (laughs) Um, So I did struggle a little bit. I just didn't, I didn't quite click with geography as Mm. well as I thought I would. Um, The human side of geography ended up being more interesting and a bit easier to write about than all the rocks and climate change and things. I'm not surprised. Physical geography, which I thought I loved. No, I I don't think I would change it. Um, I think I met some great people and I think Nottingham is quite like a prestigious university to go to. It's a good uni. Um, Not to diss Trent or anything. No, but... but (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, well, you... You know, there are many things we say about Trent that maybe can't be said on air. Um, no, it's a great uni. It's a great yeah. uni. And now you've done both, you can kind of yeah. hold you and be like, yeah, I did both of them. But it's quite nice, I guess, that you're like, yes, guys, I went to Trent, but I did my undergrad somewhere else. So see, I'm really clever. Yes. Well, not that I if you go to so. Trent, you're not clever. <laughs> no, Nothing. we might have to edit quite a lot of this. <laughs> but no, okay. you can do broadcast journalism as an undergrad at Trent. Yes. Um, but I just think having those three years of doing something else makes you more certain that it's definitely what you want to do Mm. and also the masters is just those three years condensed into one and I think spreading it over three years I don't know if that's a good thing you have to be pretty certain that that's what you want to do and I think at 18 knowing you want to do radio presenting or tv presenting or writing for like scripts and things uh, for the radio that it's a big decision to make at that age it's a very um bold decision to make as well because i feel like i most of the people i've spoken to um have said stuff along the lines of well i didn't even know radio existed when i was 18 you know what i mean like obviously mm. they know it existed but um to do even as like a society at uni it's it wasn't on a lot of people's cards so it's, it's like the people the people that know knew what they wanted to do when they were like 12 years old and actually do that scare me mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. I'm like, I know people like that. And I'm like, how did you have a goal and you kept to it? I was the kind of kid that was flip-flopping every every like six months. Mm-hmm. I had a new dream. I was like, I was going to be a dentist at one point. Mm. Now I'm just like, I could never, never <laughs> be a dentist ever. Uh, no, there was uh, this really like poignant moment of when I was about four or five and my friend's parents were doctors, uh, vets. And I went home one day and I told my mum, I wanna be a vet. Cause my friend wanted to be a vet. So I was like, I'm gonna be a vet. Mm-hmm. And this was like the first time I realized that maybe I couldn't do anything in the world. Cause my mum in the nicest way went, that's great if that's what you wanna do. Um, you are scared of animals <laughs> and you hate the sight of blood. Like even as a five-year-old, I was, you know, a little bit of blood, like scrape on my knee and I'd be like almost fainting kind of, it was ridiculous. And I was like, that's great. I'll support, you know, if you want to do that, we'll support you. But are you sure? Yeah. And I think I just have stuck with that ever since. <laughs> Being a vet isn't just cuddling animals, no. unfortunately. Even then, I was terrified of everything when I was f- like five years old. <laughs> I'd walk past dogs in the street and just like jump because it was just, anyway. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's something that's really stuck with me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I can do anything, but doesn't mean I should do it. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that at all yeah I wanted to be a teacher for a very long time but I could not 
have the patience no. now. I did some work experience when I was 16 in a primary yeah. school and I was just like, this has put me off for life. I was 16 and I was like, I can't, I can't. If, you, if you're 16 and being put off it, then again, <laughs> it's it's probably not the one to mm-hmm. spend like, what, 30, 40 years even more, yeah. 50 years mm-hmm. kind of in your working life doing. A lot of respect for teachers being able to handle children. <laughs> Especially when they're little. Uh-huh. But the patience yeah. couldn't be me. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but now you are in the big adult world. Yes. What have you been up to? So when I was finishing my master's, um, I knew a few people going on to various grad schemes and things like that. And... I sort of looked at journalism and I was like, I don't think journalism is exactly what I want to do. I loved it, but I couldn't really see myself doing it as a full-time career. And I really liked TV and radio production. So I applied for jobs in both. And then one day I joined a Facebook page called Runners in TV and a job advert came up for a receptionist position and the idea was you could be a receptionist at this tv production company but you get to run on anything that they produce amazing so i applied and i got the job so i literally moved home from uni and like three weeks later i was employed which is like a massive blessing (laughs) very good turnaround i've been there ever since i've moved up to office runner now um but yeah it's gone a bit quiet in the office we haven't really got anything in production but it's a nice nine to five earning money yeah you still have something to do it's not like your your way around between i get i mean obviously the production's but Mm -hmm. not too much yeah but i still keep radio as a hobby i'm still a weekend travel presenter at my local station so still still keeping my foot in radio (laughs) is tv now would you say your first love out of the two or I think TV's more glamorous. Mm. I think doing broadcast journalism, what I enjoyed was like entertainment reporting. Um, and you didn't get a lot of opportunities to do that at on a student course because you're not going to be going to red carpets and press junkets no. as a student. <laughs> so um, that's what I was interested in. So if I was going to do the journalism route, I would have wanted to do that. And I think you do get a bit more of that with TV, but... Mm. I don't know radio I prefer being behind the microphone but tv I wouldn't want to be in front of the camera I've decided yeah so I love them both for different reasons is it the camera itself is it having to watch yourself back that you're like absolutely not it's really hard like I mean yeah. if you do the masters you'll learn how to present yourself on camera but you just have a lot more to think about because you need to make direct eye contact you're worried about what your hands are doing and like your mm. posture um whereas radio is just the microphone no one can see you no one you cares. can no one cares what you look like <laughs> so it's just it was just a lot harder to focus and you're more conscious of what you're doing and saying i think it's just more relaxing yeah. doing radio i feel like radio you can hide your mistakes a lot better because i know half the time i'm like sneezing or coughing there and you just kind of put the slider down and just have a coughing fit for a moment um <laughs> on tv that wouldn't that wouldn't be the no, same it wouldn't go down especially well. if it's live <laughs> you can't really just cough mm. yeah fair enough th- i like that I, like, <laughs> I do love radio it's i love having a microphone yeah it's great i am also sitting here with holding the microphone <laughs> because the stand is broken um but also because i enjoy holding the microphone it makes me feel important yeah you're the host yes yes i am indeed um i have a couple questions that i ask everybody and i'm gonna ask you one of those now uh if you were to go on a show like mastermind something like that so we're talking quiz show and you had to have a specialist subject what do you think yours would be 
Oh, I feel like it would be Love Island. Would it? Yeah, I'm addicted. <laughs> I'm like, if I, if I keep working in TV production, like my dream show is to work on Love, Love Island. Island. I would like to be out in Spain for three months. Oh, that'd be amazing. And I never, never even thought about the fact you get to be in Spain during summer. Yeah, you get to, oh, like, yeah. I'd be a runner on it. I'd be sweaty but yeah, you get a great time <laughs> you would get a great time um but yeah probably love island i've watched nearly every series i, I didn't think i watched the first series but i have seen the first series i watched the first series and not the second series for some reason and it was amazing it was very much old school reality tv finding its feet it was completely yeah. different to what it is now most of the shots were them smoking yeah, and doing other things. Yeah, <laughs> which you cannot show on TV. No, you cannot show. Because now they care about the contestants' well-being, mental health, which is good. Yeah, but the original Love Island ended in a proposal, like a full-on yeah, marriage did. proposal. I remember seeing that clip, but I'm sure I could watch it and catch up quite quickly. Yeah, but yeah, that would be my. Have you started watching this year's? Yes, of course. I only noticed it happened today. Has what? it been going for a week? Or yeah, something? it started Monday. Yes. I I don't know why. My Instagram seems to have muted the Love Island notifications. And then today I got one post and then I got hundreds. <laughs> and they're all like three days ago, five days ago. So I always find the first week you're just getting to know them. So yeah. it's not super exciting. You need to tune in in a few weeks and then it's all kicking off and who's coupling <laughs> up with who. And Casa Ramor comes along and just throws a spanner. Always happens. Oh. I still remember the first time they did Casa Amor and how shocked everyone was. And that was, now they go and expecting it yeah. and they know what's happening. You know, they know, sometimes they know how to play it mm -hmm. as well. But the first Casa Amor ever was some of the best TV that's ever happened. So dramatic. I love it. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> Which has been your favourite season? Um, or do you have like a favourite person or couple that have been on there? I did like Tasha and Andrew last summer. Um, they were my winning couple. Um, a bit rogue. I've never heard someone say that, I don't think. I actually did a bit of work experience at Capital Breakfast yeah. and Coco was the guest when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so I got some insider knowledge onto Did you get what to talk happened. to her? Um, not really. I was just sort of lurking, like watching Yeah, lurking, you're listening, like, oh, what you say? Like, oh, yeah, like, I work here. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that was that whole, I licked her or whatever. Yeah. Loved that. That was good. Um, but I think, is it series two with like Katie McDermott and yeah. Olivia Bowen? Like that whole series was chaos, absolute chaos. Yeah, as I say, the earlier ones are the chaotic ones. Yeah, They're for just... the drama, I'd go for that one. Yeah, fair. I like that. Oh, no one said Love Island yet. I'm glad we've had a Love Island. I've had a, <laughs> you get a, we get a lot of like TV show things, but they normally like scripted TV. Yeah, I feel well, like... There is reality TV scripted, who's to say? <laughs> I mean, mm. I do know some people who run on Made in Chelsea and it's crushed my dreams how no. scripted it is. <laughs> I mean, not surprised when I look back at old clips because um, who was it? They got married recently, Jamie and Sophie. Mm -hmm. And so I've been seeing a lot of that on like my TikTok and everything and like the old clips of them. And you just see these people interacting and I'm like, when I was younger and I watched this, it looks so natural to me. And I'm a little bit older, I go, oh. Yeah. I see what happened there. I'm... They might have redone that a couple of times. And I heard um, Lizzo say, when she was on it or something they were like filming in a club and it was like 10 in the morning yeah i get the sro audience ticket things sent mm. through and um they were looking for people to be in the crowd for another gig that they were filming and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and oh, it's just that but they're all drinking beer and i was just like it doesn't 
I just I, couldn't. I mean, no. I could. I mean, I could if I, I really mean, if tried. To, if you wanted to force me, like I could, but no, no, not for me. But it's crazy. <laughs> I know that Miles, who's causing so much drama in the series, my friend had to be there whilst they filmed him running in a park three times. He just had to run back and forth. <laughs> And she was like, it was just so disappointing. <laughs> and like how they have to get all the camera shots. Yeah. And, oh, could you say this again? And yeah, TV is not what it seems. It's very business-like. I think that's what surprised me. Has it's- it, has like working in it now ruined the watching experience a little bit? Mm, no, I mean, like, it or is it like a watching. different appreciation of it as well? I think it's a different appreciation. I mean, I work in unscripted which so it's mostly like chat shows is what we do um and i think you they film so much more than what you see in the final edit because they pick the best conversations that they've had so when if you're watching it in the audience it's a great experience because you get to see stuff that doesn't get aired and see how it all works behind the scenes um but i don't know i think just hearing things about different people like my boss knows like every celebrity under the sun basically because I mean, I do the Graham Norton show, so we've got a lot of people yeah. <laughs> coming in and yeah, out of the doors. Yeah, you have to know everyone. But it's just like hearing people who aren't nice and just like do weird stories about them. Oh. Like it crushes your dreams, but no one's disappointed me too much that's so far. Good. I was going to say, have you met anyone yet that's been like, you don't have to name names obviously, but have you met anyone who's been like, oh, not, not as nice as I thought they'd be? There's one very famous British comedian who oh, okay. I was very disappointed in. So one of my jobs is to greet them at their at talent door, is what we call it, and take them down to their dressing rooms. Mm. And television centre in White City, it's just all corridors. Like, it's, it's a long walk from talent door to their dressing room. And quite often they arrive with entourage and the hair and makeup people, yeah. so you don't really have to chat to them. But a lot of the time they just turn up on their own if they don't need security so this one british comedian um i think he he has that sort of ego where he thinks everyone fancies him so i I was trying to make polite chit chat because it's a long walk and he just wasn't having it he was just giving me like one word replies so we just walked in silence for about four minutes that's so awkward but but yeah. also not your fault at no. all. And his team were really weird because they were like, could we get some hot chocolates? But only like the rich ones, like we don't want the watery stuff. So we're having to find nice hot chocolates. So I ended up going to Soho House, like across the road, <laughs> being like, can I have two of your finest hot chocolates, please? Yes. And they look at me like, you're really weird. Like really, really rich like, as well. They need to be really chocolatey. And they just like try and claim that they're for the British comedian, but- They're not at all. It's not. But yeah, you know, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Although he's the kind of person I would expect to have a massive entourage. No, he just I, I mean, he only had a few people with him, but he turned up on his own. Like there were oh, people waiting they, yeah, in, yeah. in his dressing room for him and his hair and makeup. Uh, I guess they don't live with him; they're not going to follow him around all day. No, but you do get people like that quite often. The celebrities' people are the worst because they think that they're entitled to the same treatment that yeah. celebrities getting. And um, sort of and you're, like, no, you're, and you're like, no, you're like, you're like me, yeah, you're me. <laughs> <laughs> you're not important. You could not be here, and the show could keep going. Mm-hmm. But the celebrity, we need them on. Yeah. yeah. So during the show, we work in the green rooms, and all the entourage can like sit in the green rooms and have drinks yeah. and watch the show on the TV screens. And one time, I was standing behind the bar, and this woman sort of looks at me and he's like, Ha-hem. and I'm like, oh, can I can I help you? And she was like, I thought I caught you watching the television for a second. And I was like, I am, because 
what am I meant to do standing behind it <laughs> like obviously I'm gonna watch the tv and yeah. she was just like hmm, you shouldn't be doing that I was like who are you to tell me what to do excuse you <laughs> not even like your boss or even working for the mm-hmm. same company just I was just like you like what is your problem <laughs> very annoying people people yeah, yeah. I guess you must be kind of everyone all the all the really nice people because I imagine there are some people that you meet and they're lovely or they've yes. got people with them who are lovely yeah I can talk about the lovely people because <laughs> I'm sure if if they ever listened they wouldn't mind oh, well you know we have a really big listener <laughs> um a lot of other British comedians, so Rob Beckett, Alan Carr, um, oh. really, really lovely. Richard Osman was a very pleasant surprise. He was really, really nice. Um, is he so tall in person? He is so tall. Because on TV he looks tall, and I think that's quite impressive itself. Like, people who look tall on TV, mm. just, everyone kind of looks the same. The TV's always, like, weird, like, distorts it, all the cameras. But he is a giant yeah he was having to crouch down through doorways (laughs) and it was just me and him walking down and he was just really lovely and chatting and asking what I do and like am I enjoying being a runner and so it only just really started out when he came on the show um but yeah he was lovely um in terms of like Hollywood stars Austin Butler my boyfriend he doesn't know but he is my boyfriend. One day he'll know. Um, he was really, really lovely and his security were really nice. And yeah. they arrived at the door before he arrived and were sort of like, oh, like you lead the way, like I'll introduce you. But looking back, I think he might have thought I was more important than I actually was. I think he might have thought I was a producer. That's Because <laughs> so, he was really like, oh, yeah. hi, nice to meet you. And like shook my hand and like <laughs> chatted with me the whole way. And he had like a massive group yeah. of people. And he just walked up front with me, chatting away. And I was just like, Maybe this is lovely. But... <laughs> I mean, that's lovely. But he, he seems like the kind of person, especially was that, that one must have been when he was doing his Elvis press yes. tour. Yeah. He was probably used to talking to the very important people because Elvis, I mean, mm-hmm. the film itself is amazing, but it was doing really, really well. And everyone, he was on every show oh, and yeah. everyone knew him. Um, so yeah, not <laughs> not too much of a leap for him to think you're like running the whole thing. Yeah. But if he did think I was just a runner, he was still equally as nice. Even then he was being nice. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're never gonna, it doesn't matter the reason, I guess. He as long as people beautiful are beautiful nice. as well. He's, he's so beautiful. Oh. oh, yeah. An amazing man. Yeah. Um, but you get like, quite a few people walking in and out and like yeah. cool people to meet and I did the John Bishop show as well and that wasn't as A-list but the yeah. guests on there were but like you still more, get quite a lot of, yeah, yeah still like quite British people and like I had quite a lot of interaction with John Bishop himself and he was really really nice and at the rap party he got in the photo booth with all the runners oh. and like thanks us all so that was really really nice it does seem like you do get a little bit of like a family vibe going on there yeah I mean and the production company I work for is quite small we're owned by ITV but um it is small compared to other ones we don't make as many shows as other places do um and yeah we do all get on really well and everyone's so lovely and helping each other out and they know that the runners you don't want to be a runner forever like you want to move up to like production manager or production coordinator or be a researcher or producer like there's so many different routes and they all know that they were a runner once because everyone starts out as a runner and so they're always happy to help and give you advice and give you contact so it's a really nice environment to work in yeah it feels like because everyone's kind of been through it there's that a bit of appreciation for it yeah definitely and everyone's got some horror stories <laughs> and like weird demands by celebrity guests yeah. and i can like imagine that. you all could just sit down and have these conversations like 
stuff that probably should never get shared because it will like ruin celebrities images and mm-hmm. stuff like that <laughs> just have those conversations for hours and hours yes it's good fun to talk about i'm definitely in like the right environment for yes. celebrities i love all things like entertainment and things like that but yeah it's it's a it's a weird world <laughs> <laughs> well you know maybe hopefully you know you'll meet the right celebrity they'll be like hey you do really well on strictly and exactly. we'll, make it, work we'll make it work or i could try and work on strictly so then Ooh. like i could get like, a like... little private lesson from mm. gawker or ali ash like oh, any of them would be fine just like that'd hey i was just wondering how you did that yeah I just no no it's fine like I don't have to dance oh you want me to dance with you and they don't even say anything and then you just get off there like yeah I'm ready I mean they need stand-ins because during rehearsal if you've got people yes. who aren't there yet I had to be Rasheen Connerty on the John Bishop show so um, did you try doing an impression of her no I didn't but I had to go on like stand in the little box and wave at the audience and then come out <laughs> give John Bishop two kisses and sit on the sofa and like be interviewed which is very strange so they might need yeah. to stand in and strictly i'll be waltzed around the ballroom Happy happily yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed for you fingers <laughs> crossed. um all right i'm gonna ask you the questions i ask everybody at the end because i think i won't i won't keep you here for two got things down to, to do mooch. <laughs> mooch. and then we've got ocean to go to we do um the two questions i ask at the end i'm gonna ask them both at the same time answer whichever one you feel like answering first you can ask whatever you like. They're not. Fit. I feel like I'm really building up the questions now. I don't mean to. Uh, the first question is just, what are you proudest of up till now? It can be academic. It can be not academic. It can be job. It can be life. It can be whatever you feel. Um, probably just whatever first springs to mind. And the other question is, what are you looking forward to? Ooh. So I think proudest would probably be having the Graham Norton show as my first running credit um I think it's opened quite a lot of doors for me um just it gives you something really interesting to talk about Mm. it's one of the biggest shows in the UK so to start there is so exciting so I'm like oh like surely the only way is up (laughs) Love Island is next (laughs) (laughs) um so I think definitely that and just really being thrown into the deep end and like being given that opportunity um and yeah and also I think like last summer was just like a really good summer for me I pushed and pushed with URN contacts that I'd made at like the SRAs and got some work experience at Global off of that and like loved it got to meet Ryan Gosling like life made um so I just think like that whole period was just like really really good um and really exciting so I'd say like that's probably my proudest and what I'm looking forward to um hopefully the next series of the Graham Norton show starts in September um if I'm still there cross our fingers (laughs) and if you're not still there hopefully it's because you're at Strictly yes yes (laughs) or preparing for Love Island winter we'll see the only other two options you'll take (laughs) um I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to just seeing what's next really um hopefully moving out i'm still at my parents at the moment um which is fine but i'd love to move back with friends i think coming back to nottingham you see everyone living yeah. with their friends and you're just like oh like i miss the freedom of being able to do that um so hopefully that um just seeing where my career takes me really um i'm always open to working in radio full time so maybe maybe if go I, over if there if that comes to, yeah. up yeah um but yeah just just seeing what happens it's all very exciting it feels like you're at a very exciting point yeah it's it is cool like it's 
it's nice. It is very quiet at the moment because we have got nothing in production, yeah. but we've got something in pre-production, which is cool. Um, a comedy special, so that's a bit different to yeah. what I'm used to. Um, but that's not being filmed until October, I believe. Uh, but yeah, it's just excited for the summer. Um, excited to see what's next. Who knows who I'll meet along the way. <laughs> you gotta like write a list of all the celebrities you want to meet and then somehow give them to whoever's in charge of getting talent on the Graham Norton show and just yes. go, these people. Well, I mean, I do tell my boss, like, I'd like to meet this person. Yeah. Because we were meant to have um, the guy from You who plays Joe Goldberg. Yes, um, oh, I always forget his real name. I know him from Gossip Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Humphreys, but yeah. not Dan Humphreys. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? He's not called Joe, that's his character on You. I Pen, know it's wrong. Pen Badgley. Pen Badgley. It's because he's got a unique name. He has got a unique name. So we were thinking that it was talk of him coming on at some point to promote yeah. you season four, um, but it didn't work out. And I literally turned to my boss and I was like, I would have taken him to his dressing room. And my boss was like, Anna, I wouldn't trust you. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, Anna, just, no, you're going to be other side of it. It was like, seeing how you were with Austin Butler, I don't know. <laughs> So I was just like, I love him. Please, like, please let me be with him. And he was just like, I don't know, like, so like <laughs> safeguarding of the celebrity. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm sorry, but I just love him. <laughs> well, yeah. it sounds exciting. Hopefully, he'll be on next time. There'll Hopefully. be more seasons of you. I mean, if Harry Styles is on, my sister is literally like, you, I will be there. She's like, I'm yeah. coming for him, and I'm just like, okay. Like, she probably try and impersonate you at work, so like take all your ideas. And I stuff mean, like. people say we look alike. She might get away with it, but she'd have to dye her hair blonde. You know what? I think anyone should dye, <laughs> would be willing to dye their hair blonde to meet mm-hmm. Harry Styles. Definitely. I think that's fair. Fingers crossed for him. <laughs> that would be cool. Amazing. Well, I will wrap it up there. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having hey. me. It's been lovely. And if you've enjoyed listening to my voice, make sure you check out our Instagram, Off Air on Your End, to stay up to date with all the episodes coming out soon.